Good morning, Lighthouse. Um, greetings from Ghana. I am so honored um, by this opportunity to share with you this morning. Um, we are missionaries here in Ghana, um, and my family and I have been serving here in Ghana for seven years. We are church planters, and um, some of you are aware we're supposed to be in our new building um, in June, but that was delayed, and um, we will keep you posted. We'll keep you posted. Hey, God bless you. Um, thank you so much for your support. Um, you guys have been so kind and loving to us. Um, we cannot do what we do here without your 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 help, your prayers, your financial support. Um, we are also praying for you all. We are praying for you all. We know um, you are in a transition, and um, we pray God will will be with you. Amen. Amen. Um, Pastor Dave Green asked, I speak on missions. Um, so before I jump into it, uh, how about we open up in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you. Um, be exalted, be magnified. Have your way. I pray your blessing over your children, over your people. I pray your blessing over Fond du Lac, your blessing over Lighthouse. May Lighthouse be that beacon of light over that community. Be exalted in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Anyway, missions. Uh, missions has been defined as the whole church taking the whole gospel into the whole world. And that's basically my goal um, this morning um, to talk about a couple points um, out of this definition. Um, so basically what I want to talk about is what do we proclaim when we take the whole gospel into the whole world? What do we proclaim basically? And, um, and I'm going to speak in terms of our context here in Ghana because our world here in Ghana may be different from your world in, in Fond du Lac. So my examples or my um what I'll be talking about will be related to our context here in Ghana, here in Ghana. So that's the first thing. What do we proclaim? Um, we know what we proclaim is Jesus. Jesus is it. Um, but how do we package it that um, it's, it's relevant to our context? And the next thing I want to talk about is just a reminder um, of the mandate to go. Um, the whole church, the whole church taking the whole gospel into the whole world. So it's just a reminder of our mandate that we are all called to go, even if it's locally or cross-culturally. Um, amen. All right. Um, so basically, um, the first thing I want to talk about is like here in Ghana, when we go, we proclaim God's blessings over our audience, over the natives, basically. Um, the, the opposite of a blessing is a curse. Ghanaians are very aware of curses. Generational curses, curses being invoked on, 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 on people. Um, enemies um, fighting will, will, will 
invoke curses on each other. So curses are very much something that Ghanaians are aware of, unlike the Western world. Um, but I just want to say this, um, Deuteronomy chapter 28, in Deuteronomy chapter 28, um, almost 80% of that chapter is on curses. So curses do exist, whether we, we believe it or, or not, curses do exist. But the good thing is Jesus Christ died on the cross to dispense his blessings over our lives. And that's what we, 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 we communicate in our setting. We tell them, you know, Jesus came, he died on the cross. As a matter of fact, the Bible said he became a curse for us that we will be blessed. Amen. So he came to revert that curse that has been placed upon you or upon your families. He came to destroy it if only we will put our trust and our hope in him. So that's our message to them. It's, it's a message of hope. It's a message of blessing. I love what the Bible says in, in Acts chapter 3 verse 26. The Bible says, when God raised up his servant, Jesus, he sent him first to you to bless you. The Bible said, by turning each of you from your wicked ways. So our message is a message of blessing. It's a message of blessing. I love, I love what the Bible says in Luke chapter 9, verse 6. Um, Jesus had sent his 12 disciples out to preach. And, and why I love verse 6 is it seems there was an excitement in the steps of, of, of the disciples as they went. As they went because they were carrying a blessing. It's like when you bring a gift to someone, um, you 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 are excited to present that gift that you know the person needs. Um, um, Luke nine verse six, the Bible says, "So they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere." They set out. They went out from village to village, proclaiming the good news. It was a good news. It was a good news of deliverance. It was a good news of blessing that your, 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 your creator has blessed you. Amen. So that's the first message. Um, depending on, on, on who the audience is, um, God, Jesus Christ came to bless you. And the second thing we talk about is Jesus Christ came to fully pay for your sins, to fully pay for your sins. The theological word for that is justification, justification. Um, the book of Romans talks a lot about justification. Um, Romans basically says, it says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23, um, Romans 6. 23, the wages of sin is death. Um, Paul went further to say in, in Romans 5 verse 17, he said, um, he said, one man sinned and that is Adam, but another man, Jesus Christ came to make us righteous, to make us righteous. So in other words, Jesus Christ came to pay fully for our sins. That is if we place our lives in his hands. Um, a shout out to Josh and Hannah. 
Um, um, but as parents, Carolyn and I, when we had our kids, um, what we actually taught them to do is not to do bad. In other words, don't hit, don't share your toys. Um, we all, every parent will say that we all, when we were born, um, it, it felt like a, a deposit um, of, of, of sin was, was placed in our account. Yeah, we were born in a, in, in, in a sinful nature. We were born with a sinful nature. Um, the Bible actually said, David said, in sin did my mom birth me or conceived me. So, so the, the, the gospel of justification is to tell you, you know, um, Jesus Christ came to deliver you and to set you free. One thing that I have observed on the field is, People know they've sinned. They don't need to be reminded. They already know. All they are looking for is how do I come out of this mess in which I have found myself. The gospel of justification. Jesus Christ came to die for our sins. He came to set us free. And and, and there's a couple of scriptures. Um, um, Romans chapter 5 verse 8. The Bible says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God demonstrated his love for us. And while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. Um, in John chapter 8, um, the, 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 the Jews brought to Jesus a woman who had been caught in adultery and they were expecting Jesus to condemn her and Jesus to pronounce, hey, let's stone her. So Jesus stooped down and started writing and Jesus said to them, he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8, um, verse 10 and 11, Jesus straightened up and ask her, woman, where are they? Where are your accusers? Has no one condemned you? Because the Bible says, after Jesus said, he that is without sin, let him cast the first stone. The Bible says they started leaving one after the other. Um, no one, sir, she said, then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, go now, and leave your life of sin, your, your life of sin, um, the gospel of justification. Jesus Christ came to take away our sins. We are trapped basically without the blood of Jesus. We are trapped without the blood of Jesus. So that's the message we proclaim, a message of justification. Your sins has been paid for fully, completely, if only you will. Um, give your life to Jesus. Another thing we talk about um, in our setting when we go, what do we proclaim? Um, another thing we do is we proclaim that Jesus does perform signs and wonders. Jesus performs signs and wonders. In, in, in the Western setting, in the American setting, um, thank God America, has, America is so blessed with um, infrastructure technology, um, you have the finest hospitals, you have the finest doctors. Um, that is not a case on this side of the world. 
Um, people rely on a miracle, basically. People rely on a miracle. Um, this is what I, I, I tell people. In Moses' day, Jesus needed Moses. Um, God needed Moses to divide the Red Sea so the Israelites will pass, walk on dry ground. Today, God is raising engineers who construct build, um, and bridges that people can travel upon. So in other words, um, we don't need Moses. Anytime we come to a body of water um, for him to stretch out his, his staff to divide um, um, the water. God has given wisdom. The Bible says in the book of Daniel, in the last days, wisdom, knowledge will abound. So people, God, God has given wisdom for bridges and all kinds of technology to be created. Unfortunately, on this side of our world, um, uh, we do need Moses to divide the Red Sea. We still need signs and wonders. So that is what we proclaim. Um, there's a funny story that happened um, recently. Maybe not so funny, but there was a fire in the market. And when they called the fire department, the fire department says, we are sorry, we, we, are sorry, we don't have water. We are sorry, we don't have water. We can't help you. So in other words, um, your, your first and your last option is Jesus. It's a miracle. <laughs> and, and, and I know that should be the case in every setting, but, but I'm just trying to amplify the, the need in our area where you can't just pick up the phone and dial 911 and help will be on its way. You actually have to trust God. So whenever we go into the homes of, 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 of people, we, we, we boldly ask, is there anyone sick that needs prayer? Um, do you have a need we can pray for you about? Our faith for miracle is high. And, and even the recipients, they believe that, you know, God is our only option. And, and we do need a miracle. We do need a miracle. I love what the Bible says in, um, in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 32, I'm sorry, in Acts chapter 9, um, verse 32 to 35, um, the Bible says, As Peter traveled about the country, he went, he went to visit the Lord's people who lived in Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas who was paralyzed and has been bedridden for eight, for eight years, Aeneas, Peter said to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and roll up your mat. Immediately, Aeneas got up. All those who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. God used Peter to perform a miracle. And the Bible says all those who lived in Lydda and Sharon turned and worshiped the Lord. The Bible is not exaggerating when it says all those. In other words, two cities basically gave their lives to Jesus because of a miracle. As you read further in that very chapter in chapter nine, um, and Peter actually raised another person 
called Tabitha from the dead. And, and, and that also many came to know the Lord. Many came to know the Lord. So signs and wonders is one tool that God actually uses um, in, in our setting here to bring many to Christ. Um, John chapter 4, um, verse 48, Jesus said, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will never believe. You will never believe. Um, so in other words, signs and wonders cause people to believe. Um, um, people want to see. And so God has used this tool to cause uh, many um, to come to know Jesus Christ. Some are even from Muslim background that um, tend to um, accept Jesus because of what has been done in their lives. Um, for the, the, the fourth thing I want to say, just because of time, is um, testimonies. Testimonies is another tool that we use um, in proclaiming the gospel in our setting, and I'm sure, and I'm sure, back in Fandalak also testimony testimony will also be a very relevant tool as well. Um, we love stories. We love stories. We all sit at the edge of 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 our seats when when stories are being told. Um, Jesus used. Um, Parables in his context as well. Parables are basically stories um, to communicate his message. So a testimony is, is, is a story of what Jesus has done in our lives. And, and, and when we share it, our testimony becomes our strongest witness. Uh, when we share our testimonies, people cannot argue what God has done in our lives. So um, we, 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 go, we go to homes, we go on the street with testimonies of what God has done in our lives or in the life of somebody else. Um, as long as um, it's another believer's testimony, we can share it because it's, it's all the testimony of Jesus. It's all what Jesus Christ has done. In Psalm 119, verse 111, the, King, the New King James Version says, Your testimonies I have taken as a heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. Um, testimonies actually are the rejoicing of our hearts. Hallelujah. That's another um, um, powerful tool we use when we proclaim Jesus. Right now, I just wanted to conclude with, um, once again, a reminder of the mandate to go. A reminder of our mandate to go. Um, there was a time ago I worked in a setting where um, I, I worked with a lady in, in, a, in a setting. And this lady was very kind. Um she had she had peace she was gentle so i finally approached her and i said you know i have no doubt you are a believer and to my shock she said a believer in what and i said jesus and she said i don't believe in jesus i am a jew 
I'm a Jew. And I was surprised by that statement. Uh, I, I was shocked, basically, because up to that point, I, I usually quote a, a famous quote by um, St. Francis of Assisi. Um, and, and, and the statement is, St. Francis said, preach the gospel always. And if necessary, use words. He said, preach the gospel always. And if necessary, use words. That was, that was a quote I usually um, use. But from my incident with that lady, I realized there are people who actually are living some good life, but they don't believe in Jesus. There is the need for us to proclaim. There is the need for us to declare the message of Christ. Um, Romans chapter 10, verse 14. And Paul says, um, how would they believe if they've never heard? And how would they hear if we don't go and preach to them? So there is the need for us to proclaim um, the gospel. Um, in Luke chapter 15, the Bible says in verse 1, Luke 15 verse 1, the Bible says um, sinners, tax collectors were gathering around Jesus Christ and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began to complain. How come this man hangs out with sinners, basically? So Jesus went ahead and told them um, a series of three stories. A series of three stories, very powerful. The first story, Jesus said, suppose um, a man has 100 sheep and he loses one. He leaves his 99, he leaves the 99 and goes searching for the one. And when he finds that one, he brings it rejoicing, invites his neighbors and friends and says, come and celebrate with me. My lost sheep has been found. The second story Jesus told was a, a, a woman who had 10 silver coins. And after, um, and when she realized she had lost one coin, the Bible says she lit up the lamp. She swept the whole place searching for that coin. And when she found it, she invited her friends and neighbors, come and celebrate with me. I have found my lost coin. And the last story, and I believe this was the message Jesus was trying to get across to the Pharisees that were accusing him. Jesus said, a man had two sons and the youngest son came to the father and says, father, give me my portion of the estate. And so the father divided um, his estate between the two sons. The Bible says not long afterwards, the youngest son took his portion and went into a distant country and squandered everything on wild living. Um, you can fill in the gap what a wild living basically means. So the Bible said um, after that there was a famine in the land. So the, the young man became hungry. So he, um, he became hungry. So he hired himself to... Um, um, an owner of 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 that area of that country who allowed him to feed swines, and so eventually this young man decided, I'm going to go back home because my dad's servants have enough even to spare. I'll go and tell my father I have sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. I'm not worthy to become your, your, your son. Just make me one of your servants. 
So while he was on his way, the father saw him from a distance, ran towards him. The young man gave his speech. The dad didn't even want to be part of that. He said, give him a new rope, um, change his, his shoes, put a ring on his finger, kill the fattened calf. Let it be a celebration. The older brother on his way from the field heard that there was a fanfare in his house, called one of the servants and he said, what is happening? And he told him, um, your younger brother is back and your dad has killed the fatted calf. And the young man was angry, was angry. In this three series of stories that were told, the first two, what was lost was someone went on a mission to recover them. Um, the first story, one sheep was lost, someone went to recover it. The second story, the lost coin, someone searched and found it. But on the third story, no one went out to bring back what was lost. So I believe the question Jesus was asking the, the Pharisees was who was supposed to go out and bring in that lost son? And I believe the answer is the older brother. The older brother was the one that was supposed to go and recover what was lost, but he failed to heed to the mandate. He failed to heed to the mandate. And that was what Jesus was telling the, um, um, the Pharisees. If you claim to be with the father, if you claim to know him, why aren't you going? Why aren't you going to seek the lost? And I believe that is our mandate, um, brothers and sisters. God wants us to go in our context, in our setting, right there at your job, right there in your schools, right there in your neighborhood. God wants us to share the love of Christ. Like in our case in, in, in Ghana, you have to find out what fits, what is the message that will make the most sense to our audience. Um, thank you so much um, for this opportunity um, to share God's word with you. Uh, we continue to pray that um, revival um, will begin right there in the city of Fandalife. Let's bow our heads and pray. Dear God, thank you so much um, for your word that has gone forth. Um, the entrance of your word gives light may light be released in our lives today light to light up our path of obedience god we bless you i pray for your people if there is anyone that is sick in their bodies may you dispense your healing in the name of jesus god may you renew our strength if there is anyone with a burden god may you lift up that burden. We give you all the praise. We give you all the honor. We give you all the adoration. Thank you for hearing us. In Jesus' mighty name we've prayed. Amen. Amen. God bless you.